0: gives us a, a picture of what paul the apostle was trying to tell this church in Colossae. he's he's letting them know that this is what the church should look like or disciples of jesus or followers of christ now we got to remember paul the apostle he was not a follower of jesus in fact he was the one who was trying to persecute the church persecute christians because he was a follower of the law the laws of god he was a pharisee that's what jesus called them Someone who knew the laws of God, but didn't actually follow through with the laws of God. It wasn't a heart issue. It was a surface kind of issue, which comes into what kindness really looks like. Kindness is not a surface spiritual act. It goes deeper than that. And in the book of Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to read from verses 12 to 17. And I'm reading out of the New International Version, so yours might be a little bit different. But you'll catch the heart behind it. And when he, when he gives this, uh, this letter to the Colossians, or the people in Colossae, uh, this church, he, he's, he's letting them know that there is a way you used to live, but there is a new way to live now. He's letting them know that now that you believe in Jesus, things must change. It's going to be different. So don't think that you can continue to do the same things you have been doing. And, and so for us today, we can learn from this passage. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul the Apostle says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then he says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Then he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that word rule is actually a word that we use today that means umpire. So let the peace of God rule in your hearts means let the peace of God umpire your life. Call the shots. Foul ball, fair ball, home run, good job. You know, that's, that's the spirit. So he continues and he says, Since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That's what we just did tonight in what we call worship. Paul is saying, you need to do these things because this is is part of who you are now. This is different than what you were doing before. Now you're singing with a purpose. It's a worship unto God. So he's saying, "Don't, don't just go through the motions of singing. He's saying, this is a part of who you are now. And whatever you do, he concludes this, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father Through him. So we're going to pray as we continue on with this word kindness. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we can learn together the fruit of the Spirit. You've given us a way to live, not like the former way we used to live, but a new way of living. So let us put on Christ. Let us put on your Spirit, especially when it comes to kindness. We live in a world today where kindness is desperately needed. So as your people, Lord we pray that you would renew our hearts and give us that spirit that comes alongside of who you are. And it's the spirit of kindness. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said together, amen. Amen. Kindness actually comes from a, a word in the New Testament that Paul is using that means moral goodness or mild, just mild. It also means pleasant as opposed to being harsh or very sharp or harshly sharp or bitter. So the Bible is giving us a a clear definition of what kindness looks like. In the book of Psalms, chapter 136, if you want to turn there, if not, I'm going to read it to us, but I I wanted us to see this because in the book of Psalms, it's very poetic. And if you think of, of the word psalm, it means songs. So when you think of this chapter, chapter 136, it's really letting us know that kindness is more than just a word we throw around psalm 136 verse 1 and I'll, I'll read the whole chapter it's not too long there's 20 there are 26 verses and it starts off in this way it says give thanks to the lord for he is good and then it says his love endures forever now we sing songs like this you know uh, his love endures forever but it also means his kindness is eternal So the root definition when it says his love endures forever is actually his kindness is eternal. So give thanks to the God of gods for his love endures forever or his kindness is eternal. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. So now I'm going to Translate it to his kindness is eternal. And and watch how significant it is when you think of God's kindness. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his kindness is eternal. Who made the great lights, his kindness is eternal. The sun to govern the day, his kindness is eternal. The moon and stars to govern the night, his kindness is eternal. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his kindness is eternal. And brought Israel out from among them his kindness is eternal. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his kindness is eternal. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his kindness is eternal. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his kindness is eternal. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his kindness is eternal. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his kindness is eternal. To him who struck down great kings, his kindness is eternal. And killed mighty kings, His kindness is eternal. Sihon, king of the Amorites, His kindness is eternal. And Og, king of Bashan, His kindness is eternal. And gave their land as an inheritance, His kindness is is eternal. An inheritance to His servant Israel, His kindness is eternal. He remembered us in our low state, His kindness is eternal. And freed us from our enemies, His kindness is eternal. He gives food to every creature his kindness is eternal. And when I read this last scripture, you repeat after me, that is, or you, you finish it off, that His kindness is eternal. Okay, Give thanks to the God of heaven for His kindness is eternal. See, God's kindness is eternal regardless of what happens. I mean, if you read this chapter slowly over again and you really study it, it gives you pretty much every situation that you and I could ever go through and still end up with God's kindness is eternal. His kindness will always be Eternal, because he is kind. That, that's, that's the character quality that God possesses. He is kind. The root word, when it, when it talks about his love or his mercy in this scripture, the root word means his love endures forever. His kindness is eternal. In other words, what the psalmist was doing is trying to figure out a way to let us know that throughout any circumstance, God's kindness does not change. His kindness remains the same, which teaches us as believers, where are we in our kindness? Does our kindness change? Like, have you ever said this? Like, you don't know how to respond to certain people or you don't know how to, how to uh, talk to someone or, or when someone comes into work or when you see someone, you kind of go through the, the thought of, oh boy, I don't know who I'm going to get today. Am I going to get kind, Sheldon, or am I going to get harsh, Sheldon. Oh boy, what is this meeting about? Is it going to be kind pastor or harsh pastor? What is it going to be like? Why, Why does that happen? Because my kindness, or our kindness, is not like God's. It's up and down. It, it, God's kindness is eternal. He is faithful. So, when you come to God, you don't have to second guess God's kindness. You don't have to come to God and say, Oh boy, I, I hope God's kindness today is like really good. You don't have to second guess it. That's why we can go to God, because you know His kindness is eternal. The moment we start second guessing God is not because of God, it's usually because of us. We've gone through something, we did something, we, we're fearful of something. Maybe we're, we're, we're fearful because someone let us down, or, or maybe we're learning about God. But nonetheless, he says, no, 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 my kindness is eternal. It's a fruit of the Spirit. That's why we need the Spirit in order for us to understand kindness. So we're going to look at three simple ways how we can develop and improve the spirit of kindness in our lives. And if you have your church app, you can write down these, these notes, or if you're taking some notes on, on pen and paper, here's the first thing. Make time... For kindness. Make time for kindness. And let me finish it off. To arrive. Make time for kindness to arrive. Let me explain it in this way Our flesh is a lot quicker than the spirit. Our flesh responds so quickly. Why? Because that's what we've been training all our life. So if you've been sarcastic all your life, guess what happens when you become a believer? You're still going to be sarcastic. If you've been cynical all your life, guess what happens when you become a believer? You're still a cynical believer. What, if you've all, all your life been a person who cuts someone down or says something quick or something that, that, wow, you're so fast at saying cut down words. When you become a believer, it doesn't change all of a sudden. You still have to work that through. So you have to make time for kindness to arrive. Why? Because our flesh is so quick. It just spouts out words so quickly. James 119 and 20, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to speak, and slow to get angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So I'll give you some examples. Let's just say your spouse is not the most, uh, maybe they don't, they don't understand how mechanics operate or, or how to fix things. And you, you specifically tell them, okay, when you, when you start the lawnmower, you need to do it like this. And let's just say they didn't listen or they forgot or whatever it is. And then something happened and then they call you and they say, oh, uh-oh. And you said, oh, what now? And and they say, well, uh, the lawnmower, it doesn't work. And your response could be something like, what did you do? What did you do? Well, I I put the gas in with the oil. Did you put the oil in the same place as the gas? Yeah. But I I told you not to do that. So in a scenario like that, I'm just throwing out scenarios. This never happens. It's kind of like this, but catch the principle behind it. Let's just say that actually happens, something to that nature. Our flesh comes out so quickly. And as, as especially as a husband, like when my wife falls down, the first thing I do, instead of saying, oh, are you okay? I'm thinking, what did you do? What happened? What, what, what? Like, like she did something wrong. Like, what did you do? I fell down. How come? Why? What happened? Our flesh is so quick. But when it comes to the spirit, if you want to operate in the spirit of kindness, when something like that takes place, instead of responding with the flesh, let's just say in the same scenario, lawnmower broken, and your wife or husband says, um, I need your help, slow down, pause long enough for the spirit of kindness to catch up, because it takes a while for the spirit of kindness to catch up. You're going to feel some hot boiling water, you're going to to have some intense heat, you might sweat a little, you might be like... You might even walk away. You might have to say, okay, Lord, I need your help, Lord, I need your help. You might have to do something. Why? Because kindness takes a while to catch up. And if you're not a kind person, kindness is like way in the back. you got to catch bus, you got to catch ride, transfer, maybe catch a flight over. So you got to wait a long time. So we're all in different areas or that time span that it takes for kindness to catch up. I look at kindness as a semi-truck, and our flesh is like a Lamborghini. Yeah, The Lamborghini may show up or our flesh may show up, but it has nothing to deliver. But when the semi-truck shows up with kindness, oh, it has everything to deliver. There's much more to deliver from God. So if you find yourself in a scenario like that where your flesh goes quicker than your spirit, learn how to make time for kindness to catch up. That you won't just let the flesh come out and, and blast at the other person. You may even be at work trying to teach someone the same thing over and over, like to email something. And to you, it's very simple. And you'll, you'll just say, okay, all you need to do is click this, okay, and click that. No, 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 click that. No, 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 no. <laughs> just click that. I told you this 50 million times. Click that. Like After a while, you start to feel like, how come this person can't even get it? And you get so frustrated that the spirit of kindness is not anywhere near. So the spirit of anger comes up, spirit of frustration. Then you might say some mean things, and you're a believer. And for some people, they actually know that. So in their minds, they're thinking, wow, this person says they love God, but does not show the kindness of God. And we've all been there. But what about when kindness needs to be shown to us i laugh because i've been in situations where i don't know how to do something and someone has to teach me and i'm so thankful that they are patient with me i on the other hand am an impatient person when it comes to teaching someone something that i know and i think we are like that because we may have been doing whatever it is a certain craft or a certain skill for 20 years and it's easy for us no brainer but now you teach someone a skill that you've known for 20 years and that they've just started to learn in two minutes, and we expect them to know everything that we know. See, the spirit of kindness works no matter what situation you're in because his kindness is eternal. So just wait for kindness to show up, wait for kindness to catch up, to arrive. It's coming. And the more we feed kindness, the quicker it becomes. It's like training. The more you train, the more professional you get at it, and the, and, and the more skilled you get at it. So the more we exercise kindness, the quicker it becomes. And the more you feed kindness, the stronger it becomes. And the more you let your flesh starve, the weaker it becomes. Whatever you feed the most is going to win. So feed kindness and exercise kindness. Here's the second thing. To be motivated by what kindness does. Not just wait for kindness to arrive, but be motivated by what kindness does. Imagine imagine our world if kindness was in every single person's heart. Kindness, that spirit. Because we know what anger does and what impatience does. But we tend to forget what kindness does. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, verse 17, the Bible tells us that your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Your kindness rewards you. I can't tell you how often Heidi and I have been to restaurants and just doing our very best to exercise kindness because you don't ever want to be cruel to people at a restaurant. You want to be kind to the cook. You want to be kind to the waiter, waitress. You want to be kind to people, not so that you get something out of it. It's so that they don't put something in it. You want to be kind. But more than just being kind for the sake of getting something, the Bible is telling us to be kind because God rewards you. And not that we want to be kind because we get a reward. God is just saying, that's just my principle of being kind. So when Heidi and I go to restaurants or or wherever it is and we, we actually, when we pray for our food, we pray for the establishment, the waiter or waitress, and we say, Lord, may your grace be with them, protect them, provide for them, or whatever. And I can't tell you how often it's the Lord speaking to us and saying, then I'm going to do that through you. You are going to be kind to them. And we've been to restaurants, just like any of you, that the service wasn't the best. Yeah, the food came out cold or whatever it is, but, it, but his kindness is eternal, And so while we're sitting there, we still have to remember who we are. We could be traveling. We could be in a place that no one knows us, but God knows us. And so we still need to practice being kind. And so when we exercise kindness, there are numerous times where we would actually ask the waiter or waitress, the person serving, we would just ask them, how is your day going? And more often than not, when there's bad service, they're not having a good day. And we would just ask, how is your day going? And we would normally ask what their name is. And we'd say, well, by the way, what's your name? And they would tell us their name. And we'd say, how's your day going? And sometimes they'll say, oh, man, we, we're, we're like overbooked, and we don't have enough employees, two people called in sick, something like that. And then we would just, with the Spirit of God, because this is definitely not, not a spirit that comes from humanity, with the Spirit of God, it's saying to them, you know what? You're doing an excellent job. We just want to say thank you for your hard work and all that you're doing tonight. And I can't tell you how many times we'll get dessert and they'll pay for it. And I'm like, Lord, Proverbs eleven seventeen, 17, your kindness will reward you. I take ice cream any time being kind. I, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm good with that. But we don't do that so that we get rewarded. But the Lord is saying your kindness will reward you. See, kindness does something. More than a reward, kindness does something to a person. That's why they would do something like that. Who knows what your kindness will do to someone who doesn't know the Lord? Maybe they're trying to find Christ, but they don't know how to find him. They're, they're doing their very best to go to church, or, or maybe they haven't gone to church. Maybe they, they don't go to church because someone treated them bad who was a Christian. But imagine if you and I come along and we're kind to someone in the name of the Lord, which is what Paul was saying, that you're doing this in the name of the Lord, Tell me it wouldn't do something to the entire atmosphere. Tell me it wouldn't do something in that person's life to bless them and their family. To actually say to them, you know, I know, yeah, you have three kids at home and this is hard work for you. We just want to say thank you so much. We're praying that you do well. We're praying that you, you, you find strength. And if, if they don't believe in God, somewhere along the line they will. That's our part in this world, to be kind people. That's, what, that's who God called us to be. No one else is going to do this. It's our responsibility. In the book of Philemon, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Your love has given me much joy and comfort. And this is Paul the apostle once again. That your love has given me joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Do you know how important your kindness is among God's people? Just think about kindness. Just think about when you go to the kitchen and, and someone is kind to you. Just think about when, when you order something from the well and someone is kind to you. Or when you're kind to one of the volunteers and, and maybe they did something wrong with your order of the food. wasn't how you would like it. Well, I can get one more scoop of rice. Like, that's not being kind. <laughs> when, if that happened tonight, I'm sorry if that was you because I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out. But if it was you, kindness must be exercised. But think about it, we for some reason, we don't exercise kindness because we think we deserve something, but God, in his sovereignty, said, "No, I, I gave you kindness, even when you didn't deserve it." See, be motivated by what kindness does. it changes the entire atmosphere when you're, when, when you're serving with people when you're when when you come here to church and when you're serving others here at church, be kind to one another. If anything, this should be the place that kindness is represented. This should be the place. This should be where we find kindness and at the same time grace for those who are practicing kindness. Because, again, when we come to know Jesus, it doesn't just happen. We don't just change and kindness is automatically in our lives. We have to work out, as the Bible says, our salvation. It takes a lot of work. Our brain tells us one thing to do certain things, and the Spirit says, no, 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 that's not you anymore. You're a kind person now. And Paul says, your kindness refreshes God's people to be kind. This is a trait that many of us are learning, including myself. Knowing what kindness produces should motivate us to be kind. See, we, we easily forget what kindness does for others because we easily forget what kindness did for us. It was the Egyptians that held God's people in slavery for hundreds of years. And finally, when God used Moses to to free God's people out of Egypt, as as they left Egypt, they all were worshiping and thanking God because they were freed. But then generations later, they forgot and God tells us that you actually had undeserved kindness. In Romans 3, 24. It says, Yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. We, we we've been received, we received kindness that we did not deserve. God gave that to us, which is what happened to the Egyptians, uh, to the Israelites when the Egyptians enslaved them, and then they were freed. They forgot about God's kindness. And it was an undeserved kindness. They were actually rebelling against God. That's what brought them to a place where God says, why do you keep rebelling against me? And as Moses is leading the people, Moses falls down before God numerous times to intercede for the people. They didn't deserve God's kindness, and very rarely do we That's why he says in Psalm 106, verse 7, the psalmist is saying, our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. How easily we forget about the kindness of God. And when we forget about the kindness of God, we forget to be kind to other people. It's the kindness of God that does something to us kindness of god is eternal romans 2 4 says don't you see how wonderfully kind tolerant and patient god is with you does this mean nothing to you can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin or in some versions it says his kindness leads us to repentance that's how that's how powerful kindness is god does many acts of kindness towards us that we forget daily Daily we forget these things. And he is, he's also kind with us even when we turn away from him. But at the same time, he's kind with, with us so that we turn towards him, not run away from him. He's saying, my kindness is given to you so that you come closer to me. Don't forget what kindness does. It helps us. Be motivated by what kindness does. And then the last thing, to practice kindness. Just practice kindness. Kindness. Practice it. Just practice kindness in the mirror. Be kind to yourself. Stop looking at yourself and saying, oh, my goodness, what is that wrinkle? Oh, my goodness, how I ugly. Oh my. Some, Well, some of us, were beyond kindness. We're like, oh, you look so good today, which is fine. You can do that. It's in your mirror. That's fine. But be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Practice kindness. Practice kindness starting with the people who are close to you. Practice kindness to the people who are close to you. Today, Heidi and Jordan were uh, Heidi, my wife, and Jordan, my son. Uh, they're in the attic and they're putting things away. And I'm studying. I'm writing some things down. And, and uh, Heidi says, "Oh, um, can you can you can you pass this container to Jordan? It's very heavy." I wait. I wait for kindness to arrive. Instead of saying, "I'm busy," just wait for kindness to arrive. my truck, so it it delivered well. And I said, sure, went and helped them and put some things up, went back, sat down and in deep thought, oh, can you pass another one? Wait for the semi-truck to come, kindness, coming, coming, <laughs> kindness, I said, absolutely. Now, it takes a split second longer, now that that maybe took a couple of seconds, but it, it takes a little bit more time for kindness to show up, just just. We we say it like this in Hawaii. Just slow your roll. Just like slow down a little bit. Calm calm down. Like some of us are like right on the edge of just snapping. And so once someone asks us a question, it's like, Hey, can you help me with this? What they're like what? Or the kids, mom, 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 mom. They say mom like fifteen times, and finally you're like, What? What do you want? Like, oh, you're such a monster. We don't know. We our flesh just is right there, and so. It takes, it takes a while for kindness to, to actually show up. And some of us ran out of gas with kindness. So it may take a lot longer. They got to call AAA and your semi-truck is, is on the side of the road. Maybe they t- blew a tire and you got a fixed tire. So it takes a long time. But just wait for kindness to show up and practice it with the people who are close to you. That's where it's going to matter the most. Because we can be kind with everybody else, but it matters mostly in the household. We can be more kind with people. And sometimes we're more kind with people at work than we are at people at home. We're more kind, more kind with people on the phone than we are with our own spouse. I usually can tell, and people can usually tell when we're talking to, each, to our spouses. In fact, when someone hangs up the phone, I said, was that your husband? Yeah, how could you tell? Ah. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you want me to answer this. It's so true. We answer the phone. It's like, oh, hi, auntie. Oh, auntie, you going to visit us. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, come. We, we come to my house. You can sleep over. Yeah, the whole entire weekend. No problem. Okay, bye. Oh, what? <laughs> See, you know that's the spouse, right? I didn't even have to tell you who that was. That's usually the spouse. Or we'd be like this. I stay in a meeting right now. Call me back later. That's what we do. What, did I say in that? Height? Okay, so I don't know. Somebody responded. But that's what happens. We're so quick. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Gave himself up for it. And then it says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now I find that principle pretty amazing. Submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now although it's talking about marriage, really the principle of God is saying sometimes you need to be told to treat your own spouse in a certain way because sometimes you're more kind to someone else. And if we can practice kindness with the people who are close to us, then you're going to see not just your family strengthen or your marriage strengthen, you're going to see your spiritual walk with God skyrocket to another level of growth. See, here's the difference if you're wondering, what is the difference between kind and nice? Because some people say, just got to be nice to people, just be nice, just be nice, be nice... Be nice to uncle, even though he treats you like that. Be nice to uncle. I know sometimes he, you know, he kisses you on the face and his his bread is hauna, but be, be nice to him. What we're doing is we're saying, be nice on the outside, no matter what is happening on the inside. Kindness is internal. Niceness is external. Kindness is something that, God breathes into us something that we can develop on the inside. Niceness is surface. A nice person is driven by the need for other people's approval and validation. They crave acceptance and is fearful of rejection. But a kind person has good self-esteem and isn't looking for approval. They're less concerned about what others might think and more concerned and interested in doing the right thing. That's a kind person. Their kindness comes from an overflowing love that God gave to them. It's an overflow of what is already on the inside, not motivated by wanting to please others. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, it says, We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. It's the Holy Spirit within us. We can only be sincere in kindness when kindness is due to the Holy Spirit within us. We can only be as kind as the Holy Spirit is in us because it's internal. Romans 12, 8 says that if your gift, and here's where we're coming to if your gift is to encourage others by encouraging, oh, no, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The Bible is telling us to do it with a glad heart. And some of you actually have the gift of kindness, it comes natural to you. I was joking with one of our staff members, her name is Shana Koneko, and we were in DC at our convention, and we were just talking about kindness. And I jokingly said to her, I said, I think they're in conversation and talking about kindness. And I said, kindness? Shayna, you're not a kind person, are you? And she said, what? I'm, I'm a kind person. And I was, I was, I was joking with her because she's one of the most kindest persons that I know. And I think I hurt her. Kind people speak from the heart. So I had to pull her on the side and say, you know I was joking, right, (laughs) when I said that you're not a kind person. And she just looked at me. So I think she's going to take revenge on me somehow. I don't know how, but she's not because she's a kind person. Kind people don't do that. I'm saying that just in case she's listening. Then she'd be like, shucks, I can't take revenge on him because I'm kind. But she is. You may know some kind people. Why? Because it's a gift that they have. It's an actual gift. Now, for some of us, we may not have the gift of kindness. So we have to practice kindness. I want to close with this story. It, it, it helps us to understand how we can practice kindness. And there are actually two NFL players. Pastor Marshall will love this because it's part of her team. And I don't know if Coach Wally is here. No. But one of, one of the players who broke and made many records is a man by the name of Jerry Rice. Yeah, he played for the San Francisco 49ers, but he also played for the Raiders. But really, San Francisco was his team. Jerry Rice is known as one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game. So if you don't know football, you're you're still going to catch the principle of this story. Jerry Rice was well into his later 30s, and he was still, still the best. Well, a younger man came into the game, and his name was Randy Moss. Randy Moss played for Vikings. He played for, uh, I think, Patriots. He played for... I don't know who else. You might be a Randy Moss fan, but he played for a couple of teams. And Randy Moss, was an, was a, he was a naturally born talented player. So he didn't really have to work hard. Jerry Rice, on the other hand, had to work hard. And in, his, in this sports blog, Jerry Rice was interviewed, and it, and it writes this. I'll just read the blog. It's, it's maybe a minute or two. And it says this, Jerry Rice is widely regarded as the best wide receiver ever to play the game. But he says he wasn't the most talented. Randy Moss, Rice says, was more talented. And they played the same position. And Rice doesn't mean that as a compliment. On ESPN Radio, Rice said he, has, he always had a hard time watching Randy Moss play because Rice hated to see a player so naturally gifted, not making the most of those gifts. He says, it was hard for me to swallow because I was not as talented and I had to work harder, Rice said. To see a guy with that much talent, not give it 100%, it was almost like a little slap in the face, but Randy was Randy. Rice said he wonders what kind of player Moss would have been with a better work ethic. He could have been one of the greatest if he had worked just a little bit harder, Rice said. I don't think he wanted to give it 100%. You never knew what you were going to get with Randy. Sometimes you'd get the unbelievable guy, the amazing guy. Other times you'd get the guy that took a couple of plays off. In Rice's view, the unbelievable, amazing guy didn't show up to work often enough. And I wonder I wonder if the the Holy Spirit looks at each of us knowing our potential and says, boy, if you, if you just cooperate with what I'm doing, you'd be unbelievable when it comes to kindness because it's not something that you just are born with and then you automatically have it. some may because of the gift of kindness, but for many it has to be practiced. But even if you have the gift of kindness, you may pull back a little bit because it's automatic for you. Just imagine, if you, even if you have the gift of kindness, to work just a little bit more on kindness, imagine what kind of person you can be for the kingdom of God on both ends. You may not be the most gifted in kindness, or you may have the gift of kindness. You put that work ethic and that practice life your world around you changes because the kindness of god is eternal and he created you and i for eternity we are eternal beings we're not made for this earth we're made for something much more let's be a more kind people so that we honor the lord make make time for kindness to arrive It'll it'll get there. You just let the spirit move in your life and you'll see kindness show up. Let kindness have its way. Be motivated by what kindness does and practice kindness with the people who are closest to you. That's where it's going to matter the most and it's probably the hardest to do. But we're believers, right? We can take on that challenge because we have the spirit of the living God and that is part of the fruit of the spirit. Let's practice kindness and see what God does because he's eternal. Amen you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Lord God, we know that kindness leads to repentance. That in, in other words, your kindness causes us to change the way we think. It's a, it's a changing of our lifestyle. It's a changing of direction. It's really heading in your direction. So tonight, when it comes to kindness, we've got to practice that. But we need you. We need the Spirit to show up. And and we need to slow down long enough so that that the spirit of kindness shows up and that kindness arrives. We want to be motivated by what kindness does because there is a reward that comes with it. And and although we don't do it for the reward, we, we do it to honor you, and that's reward enough to honor you and please you. So help us to practice kindness wherever we may be, even when no one's looking, because you're always watching us and we want to make you proud but more than that we want to practice kindness in our very own household with one another because that is the smallest church in america so build up your church lord in the spirit of kindness we pray this in jesus name and we all said together amen amen Be kind, everyone. Let's go out there and be kind to people. And who knows, maybe someone will come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior because of our kindness. Amen.